Welcome, everyone, to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our very dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. There you'll also see an option to subscribe for most excellent daily email with both our text reading and the lesson for the day from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lee Flynn. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Today we continue with Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 7, Dreams and the Body. We're also mindful of uh, our Lesson 206 from Review 6, which will be reviewing Lesson 186, Salvation of the World Depends on Me. Wrapped, as we say, with the thought, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Lori, what have you selected to lead us off this week? Oh, you're going to love this. It's from Anna Billings. Your bar may be, may be up. Oh. Um, can you hear me now? Uh-huh. Press my mute button again. <laughs> okay. You'll love this from Anna Billings, Weiss, and her work, The Keys to Heaven. God is present in all form because nothing exists outside of him. This truth can only be known through the Christ sight, who looks out onto his holy creation with humble gratitude for its pure beauty. Salvation of the world depends on me. Amen. Amen. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Okay, with us so far in reading, we have Lemoyne, Lori, Fran, Yvonne, Harrison, and Jessica. With us in listening, we have Mary and Ida. Who else has joined us that would like to read or say hi? Hi. Whoops. Well, this is Lana. Good morning, Lana. Good morning. Okay, dear. Good morning, and good Karen. morning, Karen. Hi. I can read. Terrific. Anyone else? Hi, this is Chris. I'm listening. Hey, Chris. Okay. From Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, Section 7, Dreams and the Body. There is nothing outside you. That is what you must ultimately learn. For it is in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. For God created only this, and he did not depart from it, nor leave it separate from himself. 
The kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God, who left not his Father, and dwells not apart from him. Heaven is not a place nor condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else nothing outside this oneness, and nothing else within. Lemoyne. Okay, chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 7, Dreams and the Body. There is nothing outside you. This is what you must ultimately learn, for it is in this for it is in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. For God created only this, and he did not depart from it, nor leave it separate from himself. The kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God, who left not his father and dwells not apart from him. Heaven is not a place nor a condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else, nothing outside this oneness and nothing else within. What could God give but knowledge of himself? What else is there to give? The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and the loss of your identity. And you have done a stranger thing than you yet realize. You have displaced your guilt to your bodies from your mind. Yet a body cannot be guilty, for it can do nothing of itself. You who think you hate your bodies, deceive yourselves. You hate your mind, for guilt has entered into them, and they would remain separate, which they cannot do. Thank you, Lemoyne. Lori. 50. What could God give but knowledge of himself? What else is there to give? The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and the loss of your capital identity. And you have done a stranger thing than you yet realize. You have displaced your guilt to your bodies from your minds. Yet a body cannot be guilty, for it can do nothing of itself. You who think you hate your bodies, deceive yourselves. You hate your minds, for guilt has entered into them, and they would remain separate, which they cannot do. 51. Minds are joined. Bodies are not. Only by assigning to the mind the properties of the body does separation seem to be possible. And it is mind that seems to be fragmented and private and alone. Its guilt, which keeps it separate, is projected to the body, which suffers and dies because it is attacked to hold the separation in the mind and let it not know its identity. 
Mind cannot attack, but it can make fantasies and direct the body to act them out. Yet it is never what the body does that seems to satisfy. Unless the mind believes the body is actually acting out its fantasies, it will attack the body by increasing the projection of its guilt upon it. Thank you, Lori. Fran? 51. Minds are joined. Bodies are not. Only by assigning to the mind the properties of the body does separation seem to be possible. And it is mind that seems to be fragmented and private and alone. Its guilt, which keeps it separate, is projected to the body, which suffers and dies because it is attacked, to hold the separation in the mind and let it not know its identity. Mind cannot attack, but it can make fantasies and direct the body to act them out. Yet it is never what the body sees, excuse me, it is never what the body does that seems to satisfy. Unless the mind believes the body is actually acting out its fantasies, it will attack the body by increasing the projection of its guilt upon it. 52. In this, the mind is clearly delusional. It cannot attack, but it can, but it maintains it can and uses what it does to hurt the body to prove it can. The mind cannot attack, but it can deceive itself. And this is all it does when it believes it has attacked the body. It can project its guilt, but it will not lose it through projection. And though it clearly can misperceive the function of the body, it cannot change its function from what the Holy Spirit established it to be. The body was not made by love, yet love does not condemn it and can use it lovingly, respecting what the Son of God has made and using it to save him from illusions. Thank you, Fran. Yvonne? In this, the mind is clearly delusional. It cannot attack, but it maintains it can, and uses what it does to hurt the body to prove that it can. The mind cannot attack, but it can deceive itself. And this is all it does when it believes it has attacked the body. It can project its guilt, but it will not lose it through projection. And though it clearly can, and though it clearly can misperceive the function of the body, it cannot change its function from what the Holy Spirit establishes it to be. The body was not made by love, yet love does not condemn it, and can use it lovingly, respecting what the Son of God has made and using it to save him from illusion. Would you not have the instruments of separation reinterpreted as means for salvation and used for purposes of love? Would you not welcome and support the shift from fantasies of vengeance to release from them? Your perception of the body can clearly be sick but project not this upon the body. For your wish to make destructive what cannot destroy can have no real effect at all. And what God, clear, and what God clearly, 
<laughs> and what God created is only what he would have it be, being his will. You cannot make his will destructive. You can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with his, but that is all. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Harrison? Would you not have the instruments of separation reinterpreted as means for salvation and used for purposes of love? Would you not welcome and support the shift from fantasies of vengeance to release from them? Your perception of the body can clearly be sick, but project not this upon the body, for your wish to make destructive what cannot destroy can have no real effect at all. And what God created is only what he would have it be being his will. You cannot make his will destructive. You can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with his, but that is all. 54. It is insane to use the body as the scapegoat for guilt, directing its attack and blaming it for what you wished it to do. It is impossible to act out fantasies, but it is still the fantasies you want, and they have nothing to do with what the body does. It does not dream of them, and they would make it a liability where it could be an asset. For fantasies have made your body your quote-unquote enemy, weak, vulnerable, and treacherous, worthy of the hate which you invest in it. How has this served you? You have identified with this thing you hate the instrument of vengeance and the perceived source of your guilt. You have done this to a thing that has no meaning, reclaiming it to be the dwelling place of the Son of God and turning it against him. Thank you, Harrison. Jessica? 54. It is insane to use the body as the scapegoat for guilt, directing its attack and blaming it for what you wished it to do. It is impossible to act out fantasies, for it is still the fantasies you want, and they have nothing to do with what the body does. It, It does not dream of them, and they but make it a liability where it could be an asset. 
For fantasies have made your body your enemy, weak, vulnerable, and treacherous, worthy of the hate which you invest in it. How has this served you? You have identified with this thing you hate, the instrument of vengeance and the perceived source of your guilt. You have done this to a thing that has no meaning, proclaiming it to be the dwelling place of the Son of God and turning it against him. This is the host of God that you have made, and neither God nor his most holy Son can enter an abode which harbors hate and where you have sown the seeds of vengeance, violence, and death. This thing you made to serve your guilt stands between you and other minds. The minds are joined, but you do not identify with them. You see yourself locked in a separate prison, removed and unreachable, incapable of reaching out as being reached. You hate this prison you have made and would destroy it but you would not escape from it, leaving it unharmed without your guilt upon it. Thank you, Jessica. Lana? Okay, 55. This is the host of God that you have made, and neither God nor his most holy son can enter an abode which harbors hate and where you have sown the seeds of vengeance, violence, and death. This thing you made to serve your guilt stands between you and other minds. The minds are joined, but you do not identify with them. You see yourself locked in a separate prison, removed and unreachable incapable of reaching out as being reached. You hate this prison you have made and would destroy it, but you would not escape from it, leaving it unharmed without your guilt upon it. 56. Yet only thus can you escape. The home of vengeance is not yours. The place you set aside to house your, house your hate is not a prison, but an illusion of yourself. The body is a limit imposed on the universal communication, which is an eternal property of mind. But the communication is internal. It is not made up of different parts which reach each other. Mind reaches to itself. It does not not go out. Within itself, it has no limits, and there is nothing outside it. It encompasses everything. It encompasses you entirely, you within it and it within you. There is nothing else, anywhere or ever. Thank you, Lana. Karen? 56. Yet only thus 
can you escape? The home of its vengeance is not yours. The, the place you set aside to house your hate is not a prison, but an illusion of yourself. The body is a limit imposed on the universal communication, which is an eternal property of mind. But the communication is internal. It is not made up of different parts which reach each other. Mind reaches to itself. It does not go out. Within itself, it has no limits, and there is nothing outside it. It encompasses everything. It encompasses you entirely, you within it and it within you. There is nothing else anywhere or ever. 57. The body is outside you and but seems to surround you, shutting you off from others and keeping you apart from them and them apart from you. It is not there. There is no barrier between God and his son, nor can his son be separated from himself except in illusions. This is not his reality, though he believes it is. Yet this could only be if God were wrong. God would have had to create differently and to have separated himself from his son to make this possible. He would have had to create things, excuse me, he would have had to create different things and to establish different orders of reality, only some of which were love. Yet love love must be forever like itself, changeless forever and forever without alternative. And so it is. You cannot put a barrier around yourself because God placed none between himself and you. Thank you, Karen. Do we have a new reader for 57 and 8? This is Sandra. I can read. Morning, Sandra. Thanks. Good morning. The body is outside you and but seems to surround you, shutting you off from others and keeping you apart from them and them from you. It is not there. There is no barrier between God and his son, nor can his son be separated from himself except in illusions. This is not his reality, though he believes it is. Yet this could only be if God were wrong. God would have had to create differently and to have separated him and to have had to create differently and to have separated himself from his son to make this possible. He would have had to create different things and to establish different orders of reality, only some of which were love. Yet love must be forever like itself changeless forever and forever without alternative 
And so it is. You cannot put a barrier around yourself because God placed none between himself and you. 58. You can stretch out your hand and reach to heaven. You whose hands are joined have begun to reach beyond the body, but not outside yourselves. To reach your shared identity together, could this be outside you where God is not? Is he a body? And did he create you as he is not and where he cannot be? You are surrounded only by him. What limit can there be on you whom he encompasses? Everyone has experienced what he would call a sense of being transported beyond himself. This feeling of liberation far exceeds the dream of freedom sometimes experienced in special relationships. It is a sense of actual escape from limitations. Thank you, Sandra. Do we have another new reader for 58 and 9? Uh, this is Micah. I can do it. Okay, Morning, Micah. 58. Thanks. Sure. Um, <clears throat> it's a great paragraph. 58. You can stretch out your hand and reach to heaven. You whose hands are joined have begun to reach beyond the body, but not outside yourselves, to reach your shared identity together. Could this be outside you, where God is not? Is he a body, and did he create you as he is not and where he cannot be? You are surrounded only by him. What limit can there be on you whom he encompasses? Everyone has experienced what he would call a sense of being transported beyond himself. This feeling of liberation far exceeds the dream of freedom sometimes experienced in special relationships. It is a sense of actual escape from limitations. 59. If you will consider what this quote, transportation, unquote, really entails, you will realize that it is a sudden unawareness of the body and a joining of yourself and something else in which your mind enlarges to encompass it. It becomes part of you as you unite with it and both become whole as neither is perceived as separate. What really happens is that you have given up the illusion of a limited awareness and lost your fear of union. The love that instantly replaces it extends to what has freed you and unites with it. And while this lasts, you are not uncertain of your identity and would not limit it. You have escaped from fear to peace asking no questions of reality, but merely accepting it. 
You have accepted this instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond it simply by not letting your mind be limited by it. Thank you, Micah. Do we have another new reader, 59 to 60? Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay. If you will consider what this seeming transportation really entails, you will realize that it is a sudden unawareness of the body and the joining of yourself and something else in which your mind enlarges to encompass it. It becomes part of you as you unite with it. And both become whole as neither is perceived as separate. What really happens is that you have given up the illusion of a limited awareness and lost your fear of union. The love that instantly replaces it extends to what has freed you and unites with it. And while this lasts, you are not uncertain of your identity and would not limit it. You have escaped from fear to peace, asking no questions of reality, but merely accepting it. You have accepted this instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond it simply by not letting your mind be limited by it. This can occur regardless of the physical distance which seems to be between you and what you join, of your respective positions in space, and of your differences in size and seeming quality. <clears throat> Time is not relevant. It can occur with something past, present, or anticipated. The something, quote-unquote something, can be anything and anywhere. A sound, a sight, a thought, a memory, and even a general idea without specific reference. Yet in every case, you joined it without reservation because you love it and would be with it. And so you rush to meet it, letting your limits melt away, suspending all the, quote, laws your body obeys and gently setting them aside. Thank you, Lemoyne. Lori? Uh, backing up one sentence. You have accepted this instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond it simply by not letting your mind be limited by it. This can occur regardless of the physical distance which seems to be between you and what you join, of your respective positions in space, of your differences in size and seeming quality. Time is not relevant. It can occur with something past, present, or anticipated. The so-called something can be anything and anywhere. A sight, a sound, a thought, a memory, and even a general idea without specific reference. Yet in every case, you joined it without reservation because you love it and would be with it. And so you rush to meet it 
letting your limits melt away, suspending all the so-called laws your body obeys, and gently setting them aside. 61. There is no violence at all in this escape. The body is not attacked, but simply properly perceived. It does not limit you merely because you would not have it so. You are not really so-called lifted out of it. It cannot contain you. And you go where you would be gaining, not losing a sense of self. In this instance of release from physical restrictions, you experience much of what happens in the holy instant. The lifting of the barriers of time and space, the sudden experience of peace and joy, and above all, the lack of awareness of the body and of the questioning whether or not all this is possible. Thank you, Laurie. Fran? 51. There is no violence at all on this escape. The body is not attacked, but simply properly perceived. It does not limit you merely because you would not have it so. You are not really, quote, lifted out of it. It cannot contain you. You go where you would be, gaining, not losing, a sense of self. In these instances of release from physical restrictions, you experience much of what happens in the holy instant. The lifting of the barriers of time and space, the sudden experience of peace and joy, and above all, the lack of awareness of the body and of the questioning whether or not all this is possible. 62. It is possible because you want it. The sudden expansion of the self which takes place with your desire for it is the irresistible appeal the holy instant holds. It calls to you to be yourself within a safe embrace. There are the laws of limit lifted for you to welcome you to openness of mind and freedom. Come to this place of refuge where you can be yourself in peace, not through destruction, not through a, quote, breaking out, but merely by a quiet, quote, melting in. For peace will join you there simply because you have been willing to let go the limits you have placed upon love and joined it where it is and where it led you in answer to its gentle call to be at peace. Thank you, Fran. Yvonne? Thank you, Lee. 62. It is possible because you want it. The sudden expansion of the self which takes place with your desire for it is the irresistible appeal the Holy Spirit holds. It calls to you to be yourself within its safe embrace. There are the laws of limit lifted for you to welcome you to openness of mind and freedom. Come to this place of refuge where you can be yourself in peace. Not through destruction, not through a breaking out, but merely by a quiet melting in. For peace will join you there simply because you have been willing to let go the limits you have placed upon love and joined it where it is and where it led you in answer to its gentle call to be at peace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Yvonne. And so to 
recap section 7 dreams and the body from chapter 18 the dream and the reality there is nothing outside you that is what you must ultimately learn for it is in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you the kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God who left not his father and dwells not apart from him heaven is not a place nor a condition it's merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else nothing outside this oneness and nothing else within from 50 what could God give but knowledge of himself what else is there to give from 51 minds are joined bodies are not only by assigning to the mind the properties of the body does separation seem to be possible and it is mind that seems to be fragmented and private and alone from 52 the mind cannot attack but it can deceive itself and though it clearly can misperceive the function of the body it cannot change its function from what Holy Spirit establishes it to be the body was not made by love yet love does not condemn it and can use it lovingly using it to save him from illusions 53 would you not have the instruments of separation reinterpreted as means for salvation and used for purposes of love your perception of the body can clearly be sick but project not this upon the body you can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with God's but that is all from 56 mind reaches to itself it does not go out within itself it has no limits and there is nothing outside it it encompasses everything it encompasses you entirely you within it and it within you there is nothing else anywhere or ever 57 the body is outside you and but seems to surround you shutting you off from others and keeping you apart from them and them from you it is not there there is no barrier between God and his son you cannot put a barrier around yourself because God placed none between himself and you 58 you can stretch out your hand and reach to heaven you whose hands are joined have begun to reach beyond the body but not outside yourselves you are surrounded only by God what limit can there be on you whom he encompasses everyone has experienced what he would call a sense of being transported beyond himself this feeling is a sense of actual escape from limitations 59 if you'll consider what this transportation really entails you will realize that it is a sudden unawareness of the body 
and adjoining of yourself and something else in which your mind enlarges to encompass it. It becomes part of you as you unite with it and both become whole as neither is perceived as separate. What really happens is that you've given up the illusion of a limited awareness and lost your fear of union. The love that instantly replaces fear extends to what has freed you and unites with it. You have escaped from fear to peace, asking no questions of reality, but merely accepting it. You have accepted this instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond it simply by not letting your minds be limited by it. Sixty, this can occur regardless of the physical distance which seems to be between you and what you join. In every case, you joined it without reservation because you love it and would be with it. And from 61, there is no violence at all in this escape. The body is not attacked, but simply properly perceived. You are not really lifted out of it. It cannot contain you. You go where you would be, gaining, not losing, a sense of self. And finally, the sudden expansion of the self, which takes place with your desire for it, is the irresistible appeal the holy instant holds. It calls you to be yourself within its safe embrace. There are the laws of limit lifted for you to welcome you to openness of mind and freedom. Come to this place of refuge where you can be yourself in peace, not through destruction, not through a breaking out, but merely by a quiet melting in. For peace will join you there simply because you have been willing to let go the limits you have placed upon love and joined it where it is and where it led you in answer to its gentle call to be at peace. Amen. Thank you, everyone. The floor is perhaps open for a brief little comment. You're welcome. Thank you, Laurie. Maybe the briefest of comments before we go to the top of the hour. Anyone? Hi, everybody. Thank you, Lee. That's all I wanted to say. You did good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Ida. This is a brief comment. Let us know. um, As you were, uh, as you were reviewing what we read, some beautiful quotes, Lee. um, I, I, what came to mind was to use the body to heal itself. And what is it healing from? And I love how the Course describes it, deceptions, fantasies, barriers. And for me, the practice is disidentifying from these deceptions, fantasies, and barriers, which are the feelings and accompanying 
uh, perceptions of the body. And how I'm practicing doing that is observing it when it's arising, when it's coming up and choosing to allow it to pass as I practice present moment awareness. Because I, I could I could practice um, being in that identified state of mind that a, a, is aware and deciding to oh this isn't oh this is coming up to be undone this is something I once chose thank you God it's coming up to be um, allowed to pass and, and, and not identify it with it. For me, it takes awareness, takes getting into my, the, my present moment with the breath and allowing the, the breath to keep me in that moment as it passes. I could say, you know, let's, let's see how long this is going to be here. It won't, it won't stay that long unless I identify with it. Um, that too shall pass, the famous biblical statement. Um, thank you. I'm complete. That was short. It was short. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. Thank you, Beautiful. Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Well, we are at the top of the hour, and so we will happily accept Fran's offer to once again lead us through our lesson for the day. Fran. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook and on on, um, review six, our last review, and lesson 206. And I'm going, salvation of the world depends on me. I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from the introduction of the review, three through six. These practice sessions, like our last review, are centered around a central theme with which we start and end each lesson. It is this, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. The day begins and ends with this, and we repeat it every time the hour strikes or we remember in between we have a function that transcends the world we see. Beyond this, in a repetition of the special thought we practice for the day, no form of exercise is urged except a deep relinquishment of everything that clutters with the mind and makes us deaf to reason, sanity, and simple truth. We will attempt to get beyond all words and special forms of practicing for this review. For we attempt this time to reach a quickened pace along a shorter path to the serenity and peace of God. We merely close our eyes and then forget all that we thought we knew and understood. For thus is freedom given us from all we did not know and failed to understand. We'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 206. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Salvation of the world 
depends on me. I am entrusted with the gifts of God because I am his son. And I would give his gifts where he intended them to be. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Salvation of the world depends on me. Lesson 206, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Salvation of the world depends on me. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. It's beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good morning, Mitch Harrison. These lessons and today's reading. really challenges me to uh, look at all of my cherished beliefs. Beliefs that I didn't even think of were beliefs. Chief of which is the belief that I am a body. Um, it's at the heart of uh, all of the thoughts and ideas that separate me from the truth of who I am. Um, And it's pernicious, as they say. It is uh, a cunning idea that uh, keeps me looking outward and not inward. It keeps me mindless and not mindful. 
the body is the substitute for the truth. And if I want to embrace the truth, I have to let go of the body idea. They are uh, not compatible. And when I listen to myself talk about who I am and what I do, and uh, it's invariably tied up with my identity as a body. And the court spends a lot of time just gently coaxing me to give up my identification with the body, my association with the body. And if I listen to myself in my casual conversations and even my messaging in whatever form it takes, it is a focus on the body. So, um, embracing the thought um, that the Course gives me, I am not a body. I am free, for I am still as God created me. Probably for me, one of the most important lines in the course. Because it ends that association. And if I watch my thoughts on a daily basis, I will see how much I focus on. Uh, myself as a body and what's happening to the body. And I will end with this, that the first paragraph of our reading is so profound. There is nothing outside you. Just ponder that for a second. There is nothing outside you. Who is the you he's referring to? Is he referring to me as a body? Clearly not, because to the body, everything is outside me. And he tells me that is what you must ultimately learn 
For it is in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. That's it. End of story. Hmm. There is nothing outside of me. That includes especially the body. The body is nothing. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That was beautiful. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you, brother. You know, I'm such a big fan. Thank you, Harrison. It's Lee. I'm, I'm such a big fan of these um, of these review sections because he is tasked in these reviews with taking a whole lesson and sifting it down to a single sentence. Throughout this course workbook, these reviews are a terrific way of finding what it is he believes to be the essence of the individual lessons being reviewed. So for each of these lessons, we have a single sentence. The lesson that encapsulates 186, salvation of the world depends on me, is this one. I'm entrusted with the gifts of God because I'm his son, and I would give his gifts where he intended them to be. That sentence intricately tied to the idea that the salvation of the world depends on me. How is it that I'm to pursue my function in the salvation of the world? To give his gifts where he intended them to be. To first receive his gifts instead of denying them. His gift of what I am and his gift of the love that I am and how I'm told in this section that we've just read that love encompasses all things, encompasses all things within myself, that there's so great a love associated with what I am in truth, that it's extending that gift where God intended that gift being extended through me that is the fulfilling of my function of the salvation of the world. Merely being in receipt of the gift of the truth of me and the truth of everything, and being willing to extend that gift in love. Salvation of the world depends on me. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank, thank, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you, Lee. Uh, this- this is Micah. Um, thank you, Harrison, for that beautiful highlighting nothing outside you uh, line that Jesus mentions and, and the magnitude of our spacious true self. And, uh, and for me, that things started kind of going into um, 
uh, an incredible place in paragraph 57 where he talks about, uh, you know, the body is outside you uh, and, and shutting off from others and keeping you apart from them. And then this was the, this is where everything kind of melted into a Salvador Dali painting. It is not there. And, and it just brought up this uh, kind of an awareness of, of the dream and, and that this was consciousness going on. And, and it wasn't like a negation of the body experience. It, it's consciousness. And so it, it's like, I'm exp- you know, right away, it's, it, it wasn't like trying to break out of here. It was more like it made the, the awareness totally look at, well, what's sitting here? This feeling of existence in what feels like space and time. And so I opened up my dream pamphlet to just get a, a few quotes on, uh, you know, what, and, and it was so glorious to feel the miracle of what is this phenomenon? And, and I noticed on the dance floor of awakening, on, on one, in one second, it's a burning up. It, it, it's like a, it is like a sliding out of space-time and a negation of of that, and and then the next second it's a total embracing of this experience of space and time and the mystery of it. It's a it's a profound mystery of our power to dream a world. So he says, at no single instant. Does the body exist at all? At no single instant does the body exist at all. And yet here it is. This is an, an amazing, what is this? You know, and to really feel. And what I'm come, and more and more the revelations are that this is God that's sitting here down to the deepest sensation of, of any kind of individuation, no matter how dark it is, confused it is, down to the deepest core of it, in the most loving embrace of it, is it's God as consciousness. Uh, and then ultimately, this is another quote, ultimately space is as meaningless as time. Both are merely beliefs. And it's, you know, he's waking us up out of a very crystallized place of being asleep in a body as an imaginary person. And, and he doesn't leave us there. He folds it back over. He knows that, that, that you know, this, all our perceptions get so holy he says it's a, but a step from there to heaven, and and the mystery of, and wonder of what's going on, you know. But we need to kind of break out of this fixed way of interpreting who the heck we, I think I am, you know. And he also says your mind is capable of creating worlds. That's how powerful we are, but we're afraid of that power. Um, and the, the uh, there were a few others. 
the uh, the self you made can never be your true self, nor can your true self be split into two and still be what it is, and must be forever. A mind and body cannot both exist. Make no attempt to reconcile, reconcile the two, for one denies the other can be real. If you are physical, your mind is gone from your self-concept, for it has no place in which it could be really part of you. If you are spirit, then the body must be meaningless to your reality. He's, he's trying to wake us up. But he, my experience just now was this this phenomenon of feeling like there's an I, there's an experience here. It, it it it's not meaningless in the sense of something's awake now and looking at this very creative dimension. You know, it's it's a, a, a an outward projection of the mind of God. You know, <laughs> and um. Let's see, there's, anyway, the, um, what else did I want to say about all that? There's so many wonderful things. Um, let's see, I, I, I think, I, I think I kind of, there's just so many highlights in here. You know, minds are joined, but you do not identify with them. You know, it's this call into a, a, an experience of this this mind dimension that um, when my when my uh, when the lens of my awareness turns in the direction of mind right now, and that we are sharing that mind, it, it, it something gets really quiet and invites a deeper revelation of what that is. Let's see, um, and then in paragraph 51, minds are joined, but bodies are not. Um, and let's see, I'm sorry, it's kind of, um, let's see, hold on, hold on. Let's see what else there is. There's so much good stuff in here. Uh, I'll highlight this too. This Yet love must be forever like itself changeless forever and, and forever without alternative. You cannot have put a barrier around yourself because God placed none between himself and you. And this, have, you know, this awareness of oneness that he talks about, uh, it's just so, we're going out, uh, you know, going out of a separate kind of consciousness into a uh, uh, reawakening into our wholeness with each other and with God. Um, let's see. Well, I, I I think I'm done. But, boy, there's so much in here. I'd love to hear what other people have to say. Thanks. Thank you, Micah. Oh, thank you so much, you, Micah. Micah. I enjoyed all of that. Oh, thank you. Well, good yeah, morning. Thank you, Micah. It's Lana. Yeah, that was beautiful, Micah. Kind of um, uh, ties in with what I wanted to share about this reading today. It um, it really uh, offered me two way, two manner manners of existence. 
um, one where I have a body identification, or I should say a misidentification, where I think that's who I am and I'm in a body. And the other one uh, takes me to more of a spirit or soul identification where I recognize the body is an idea in me um, because it could never contain the truth of me, the enormity, the immensity of the truth of me. And, um, and it just guides me. You know, once Jesus said, gave me the guidance about decision-making, and he, he says, do what brings you peace. Um, and it didn't matter whether five minutes from now something else would bring me peace or five days from now, but in that moment, do what brings me peace, which is the same as saying do what brings me joy, do what brings me love, do what brings me happiness, because that's God's will for me. And the experience where I lose awareness of the body comes from my decision to join with that love. And some examples of that may be when I sit down to write. I love to write and I love to channel Jesus and I, and I love to paint and I love to join with my brothers in sharing the love of God. All these things I love to do. So because I love to do them and they bring me such peace, there's no resistance um, to, to engaging in them. It's a call, for me, it's a call for unity. And when I extend that love by engaging in these activities, love meets me. Love attracts love. Love is drawn to love. And, um, and I've shared before my experience of painting. I join that so fully um, that the awareness of everything else disappears. I have no awareness of time. I have no awareness of the body. It's just an experience of pure joy and unity. And the separated self disappears as well. There's no awareness of that either. And the same thing happens um, when I'm, you know, I could be talking to a brother who lives thousands of miles away, yet my experience of him is more, or her, is more intimate than if she was, or he was standing in the room holding my hand. You know, it's, I really get that distance is not an obstacle to joining when we join from our heart and our soul and and it does become like a holy instant and when i write um it's it's effortless you know the words just flow into me there's no work in doing what you love that's why they call it a labor of love there's no efforting it's easy because it's natural it's like myself is responding to myself you know, the love I give, I receive. And it's a simultaneous occurrence uh, within me. And so this section just points to, as I join with what I love, 
or what inspires me or what is drawing me to it, what I do, what brings me peace or brings me happiness, uh, regardless of the form it takes. It can be anything or anyone. You know, and of course, her love, Jesus tells us that, uh, or tells me that relationship is everything. If I, if there were no relationships, I would not be aware that I exist. You know, it's, it's, I, I often think of it's how God knows itself by expressing through me and as me. You know, it's because in that oneness, in that unity, I discover me. <laughs> and and God has a good time, too. <laughs> you know, so um, this section really points me to an experience that I, that's available to me when I follow my heart, when I follow the love, when I join. It's just a natural thing. What now brings me joy? And that is sharing this with you. (laughs) And you all feel like you're a part of me right now, right here, right in this moment. And there's no delineation between your mind and heart and mine. Um, So uh, it was, it's quite a powerful section for me today. And um, and I appreciate his te- Jesus's teaching so much because they always guide me to um, find myself, to remember myself, to remember the truth. It always love will always point me in the right direction when I jump on board <laughs> and not only engage in it but follow where it leads. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. That was marvelous, Lana. Mm. Thank you, dear. Thank you, thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, thank you, Lana. This is Javon. I loved how happy and how excited you were when you were reading that and when you were speaking. I'm sorry. Um, It just made me smile. It was great. Thank you. I'm (laughs) complete. Me too, Yvonne. Thank Thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. Um, Salvation of the world depends on me. I was thinking when I did this this morning, um, this world, the salvation of the world, what the world is, the world that depends on me. So in our text reading today, it was saying um, there's no outside world. You know, and I exist in God. So the salvation of the world, what does that mean to me? So I was thinking um, my openness and my receptivity to the truth and my allowance of it to extend through me, my willingness, my little willingness, my my very little willingness, because um, obviously it's not the ego part that does anything, but the lack of doership, but the intention of openness allows that salvation to flow through me. And even in the world of form, I think, you know, when we're in that open place, wherever we go, we carry that light, that that healing light. You know, I felt it this morning during the lesson call. I felt like the um, the divine was just going into the earth 
during the whole call. And um, there's also this extreme, extremely um, deep sense of the spacious self, the expansive self, the lack of the body, the part of me that is my spirit that that um, can reach and touch and heal and help and love beyond time and beyond form, you know, to the people that are not in my physical presence and even to the past that, that might be still holding somewhere in my energy field some block to my awareness of Christ, to the Christ self. So salvation of the world is about... Um, opening and opening and opening to allow God to really express through us. Um, And the only way to do it is experientially. I mean, you know, it's wonderful to understand it through the Course in Miracles, through the words that are in the book. But to me, it feels like the, um, the power is in the experience, that transportation, transportation into the the dimension of formlessness and and expansiveness and extending um just like you know i'm a drop of water in the ocean and the ocean is god and we're all connected in this god force what kept coming to me and i know it's a little bit vulgar but this there's a movie called i heart huckabees and at the end it's like all of the the fragmentation of the thoughts of who we are, it just comes into this merging of like knowing that the other person is you and there's nothing in between you and space dissolves. So um, I, I uh, kind of recommend that movie even though it's, it's a little edgy at first. Um, it's art. It's really art. <laughs> um, Anyway, the reading was just so rich, and there's a whole section in the reading that really spoke to me about the projecting of my guilt. And I thought in my meditation this morning that what I don't like, what I don't like, what I have an aversion to when someone is talking or, or you know, something that just irritates me is my own projection of my own guilt. It's something I haven't healed. It's something that needs to be Um, allow God's light and love to flow through it. And uh, I have to spend time on the inner plane with with the um, expansive and extending the truth for these things to kind of come into clarity that they can be forgiven. Um, I kind of keep just hoping it's going to happen automatically, but I think it needs... It needs more attention than that. Um, anyway, I guess that's enough for now. But the, the reading was just one of the best readings there ever is in the text, in my <laughs> opinion. So thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Karen. I agree. Thanks, Karen. Thank you, Karen. Oh, boy. Oh, thank, thank you, Karen. you, Karen. This is Lee. I have something I think you guys will enjoy that ties the lesson directly into the reading. And it starts just from this awareness. Throughout this book, thing I would ever over, my belief in separation. Told as well that 
the way I relate to the body makes of the body and my experience a separation device. And I think everyone has that immediate experience. The way I typically conceive of the body as containing me automatically makes of my skin an enclosure that separates me off fundamentally from everything I conceive of as outside the body. It becomes by that means a separation device and I'm told in this reading, I'm told throughout the course, the body is incapable of being a separation device and genuinely. When the mind comes to know its dimension and no longer misidentifies with the body as what I am, then that then the mind becomes so expansive that as we read in this section, it encompasses everything and recognizes that, uh, that it aligns with love in encompassing all things. What I found that I would like to share with you that I know you'll recognize ties the lesson today in with the reading is from chapter 23 and the introduction to chapter 23. It's paragraph 6. It describes um, in a single paragraph how it is that I can recognize that what I'm led to join with when separation is ended is all and everything and that the only thing the world need be saved from is this mistaken sense of separation between oneself and all else. It's the, retre- it's, the with- it's the retreating into the body and separating off from everything else that is separation. Because God and other world and even oneself are separated off from when I retreat into the body as though it were all that I am. This paragraph, the sixth paragraph of chapter 23, nothing around you, he says, but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. So will you come to understand all that is given you. In kind forgiveness will the world sparkle and shine and everything you once thought sinful now will be reinterpreted as part of heaven. How beautiful it is to walk clean and redeemed and happy through a world in bitter need of the redemption that your innocence bestows upon it. What can you value more than this? For here is your salvation and your freedom. When I'm told in today's recap single sentence what it is to recognize the salvation of the world as my function, to accept God's gifts and distribute them where he would have them be, this paragraph I read from chapter 23, the sixth paragraph, is a description of what it is to allow that I walk clean and redeemed through and happy through a world in bitter need of the redemption that my innocence bestows upon it. 
this is what it is for the salvation of the world to wait for the healing of my mind and my heart in in my opinion and it's a it's a wonderful um tying in of that idea of coming to be guided to the truth of me and the truth of this life and world as fulfilling my function of allowing that the world be saved through um, the redemption that my innocence um, affords it in my awareness. Coming very briefly to the reading then, what I'm led to feature is how closely nothing around you but is part of you looking at it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it accords with this that we read at the beginning of this section there is nothing outside you that's what you must ultimately learn for it's in that realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you this idea that the body only artificially seems to separate me from what I behold is an invitation immediately that love be able to unite me with everything my fear had seemed to separate me from. Look on it lovingly. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. There's such an invitation here. The section is called Dreams and the Body. And the dream of the body as what I am is what seems to separate me off from all that awaits my joining. Along those lines, the individual sentences that had stood out for me was this from paragraph 59. This being transported outside of oneself that he says everyone has felt at one point or another. It's a sudden unawareness of the body and a joining of yourself and something else in which your mind enlarges to encompass that something else. It becomes part of you as you unite with it and both become whole because neither is perceived as separate. What really happens is you've given up the illusion of a limited awareness and lost your fear of union. You guys, that fear of union is what keeps me hold off within the body. And the invitation of this course is that I overcome the fear of union and be guided by Holy Spirit to what um, um, being transported out of this tight little constraint of the body affords in terms of joining with what I had feared. He tells me the love that instantly replaces the fear of union extends to what has freed me and unites with it. You've escaped from fear to peace. Reading more from 59. Asking no questions of reality, but merely accepting it. You've accepted reality instead of the body and have let yourself be one with something beyond the body simply by not letting your minds be limited by it. This is that expansiveness that he describes as the nature of my accepting all the gifts my father has given me and extending them instead of extending 
fear and limitation, sense of alienation and separation. And I guess finally, just this line from 61, the body's not attacked, but simply properly perceived. You're not really lifted out of it. It cannot contain you. You go where you would be, gaining, not losing, a sense of self. This is an enlargement. Um, 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 An enlargement of the self. What is called elsewhere the spacious self. A sense of self no longer constrained by the body, but extended in the service of love to join with everything fear had separated me off from. He calls it the sudden expansion of the self. The irresistible appeal of the holy instant itself. And and I've spoken long enough, and I hope there's plenty of time for those who would like to share. I'm complete. Stellar, brother. Thank you, Lee. That was amazing. Oh, that was wonderful, Lee. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. This is Kristen. I just have a quick thing I'd like to share. We have a minute. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Thank you all um, for everything that's been shared. It's been really helpful. When um, I was loading my cakes on Friday, I have a love-hate relationship with, like, this physical work that I have to do. And I had gotten myself into a place where okay, we're going to do it, man, Holy Spirit, we're, we're, you know, we're in it, we're doing it, we're back here. And I was in this place of calm, and as I was basically, like, meditating while I was moving boxes, what came to me uh, while I was listening to some music that really is spiritual music to me, uh, the relationship you seek is within yourself. With, okay, I'm sorry, let me start over. The relationship you seek is with yourself, within yourself only. Then can we create correctly and see the love that's been here all along. And when I wrote that down, because it stopped me in my tracks and I sucked in my breath and I stopped breathing, the next line in the song that I was listening to said, keep breathing, girl. And I took a deep breath in, and I was so grateful that I was present enough to hear that message in its completion, you know, with the last line of the song. And I just wanted to share that with everyone just because I felt like it was important. And I appreciate you giving me that opportunity. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thank you for doing that. I'm really happy to have heard that, Kristen. Thank you. That was great, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Just beautiful. Thank you, Kristen. I always love it when people share their heartfelt experiences. Thank you. I'm complete. Lori. Yeah, hi, you guys. This is Lori. Where I go by that name anyway. <laughs> what a beautiful reading today, and I too, I too am so in love 
with the mind who can tell me how my mind works. I mean, think of it. Think of it. This consciousness can describe for me perfectly what happens to my mind when I release my limits in paragraph 59. It just blows me away. But what I wanted to say, uh, mostly today, salvation of the world depends on me, was um, I used to have a really screwed up idea of what that meant <laughs> years and years ago. Um, I knew salvation was for me, and I knew salvation was for all. But I had a really corny idea of the way to achieve it. I had no idea it was as simple as forgiveness. Just that simple. The line in the lesson itself in 186 that rings so true is salvation of the world depends on you who can forgive. Because forgiveness is the extension of this earthly form of love. And so what's my part? I always go back to what's my part. And friend, I was so happy to hear the emphasis you placed on that sentence in paragraph 5 of the review instructions. You said, no form of exercise is urged except a deep relinquishment of everything that clutters up the mind and makes it deaf to reason, sanity, and simple truth. And in six, we merely close our eyes and then forget all that we thought we knew and understood. For thus is freedom given us from all we did not know and failed to understand. This whole plan of the atonement is the gracious gift of the Father given us the moment we thought we were separated. The atonement extends itself. It extends itself as a lesson in sharing when I deeply relinquish everything I thought I knew and understood. It is just that simple. The miracle principles, he says, it is the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. When I accept that God never condemned me, that I was only condemned in my own eyes, I understand what forgiveness is. And forgiveness is nothing more complicated than the lifting of all the judgments that I placed upon the world, upon myself, uh, and upon my brothers. That's all it is, just the lifting. It's something I do for my mind. I do it for my mind. Because my mind is one with all creation. That's how it was given us. That's how we were created. He doesn't say it's the duty of the forgiven to forgive. It's the job of the forgiven to give. It's not the chore of the forgiven to give. 
to forgive. It's not the task of the forgiven to forgive. It's the privilege. It's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. And what I do, it's exactly like he says in paragraph 59. The limits are lifted. My mind enlarges. It seeks to join with what has freed it. And in that place, I realize there is love. It is just that simple. My part, deep relinquishment of all that clutters up my mind, a forgetting of all I thought I knew and understood. And in that place, God gives me himself. What can God give but himself, he says. The experience itself feels almost like death into the ego it is. But that leap from the cliff of loneliness, that cliff of privacy, of separate thoughts, separate bodies, is the leap into God himself. For that I will relinquish everything I thought I knew and understood because God gives everything and restores everything to my awareness. The name of everything is love. We are all just love, walking in and walking out. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Really. Well, we've come to the end of our recorded time. Thank you, everyone who read, all who are here and listening. We have um, 17 on board. Nice big circle today. Hopefully many of you who did not have an opportunity to share can stay with us into the after call. To conclude the call, what have you selected, Laurie, as a closing? Um, <clears throat> let's see here. <laughs> Today I really like this in Chapter 12, Finding the Present. To perceive truly is to be aware of all reality through the awareness of your own. But for this, no illusion can rise to meet your sight for all reality leaves no room for any error. This means that you perceive a brother only as you see him now. His past has no reality in the present and you cannot see it. Your past reactions to him are also not there. And if it is to them you react now, you see but an image of him which you made and cherish instead of him. In your questioning of illusions, ask yourself if it is really sane to perceive what was now. If you remember the past as you look upon your brother, you will be unable to perceive the reality that is now. And you know what? I'm reading from where I didn't uh, mean to read. I want to go straight to attainment of the real world. And this hangs right with it. It is God's will that nothing touches Son except Himself, and nothing else comes nigh unto Him. 
He is as safe from pain as God himself who watches over him and everything. The world about him shines with love because God placed him in himself where pain is not. Love surrounds him without end or flaw. Disturbance of this peace can never be. In perfect sanity he looks on love, for it is all about him and within him. He must deny the world of pain the instant he perceives the arms of love around him. And from this point of safety he looks quietly about it and recognizes that the world is one with him. In me, says Christ, you have already overcome every temptation that would hold you back. We walk together on the way to quietness, which is the gift of God. Hold me, dear. For what except your brothers can you need? We will restore to you the peace of mind that we must find together. The Holy Spirit will teach you to awaken to us and to yourself. This is the only real need to be fulfilled in time. Salvation from the world lies only here. My peace I give you. Take it of me in glad exchange for all the world is offered but to take away and we will spread it like a veil of light across the world's sad face in which we hide our brothers from the world and it from them because we cannot sing redemption's song alone isn't that just splendid amen amen Amen. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Lee. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.